Welcome to Hope Talks, Stories of Transformation. Hope Talks is a project of David's United Church of Christ in Canal Winchester, Ohio, and dedicated to providing stories with different perspectives of hope. As part of a mentoring collaborative with Uganda Christian University's journalism program, today's interview is conducted by a student in Mukono, Uganda. Hello, everybody. Um, This is Nicolette Nampija from Uganda Christian University pursuing a bachelor in journalism and mass communication. It's located in the heart of Africa in Uganda. I'm so pleased today to launch my university's engagement in this audio podcast, a topic in journalism in the United States. My guests are two veteran USA journalists and also the regular interviewers for this podcast. I'm talking to Patty Houston Holm and Jim Nolan. They are coming from two different locations in the state of Ohio. Welcome to you both. Well, thank you for uh, the invitation to participate in this. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Okay. And I appreciate it too, Nicolette. I really appreciate the opportunity. Okay, that's really good to to know. Um, So, Patty, I'm going to have to start with you. As you know, as as I know, you've been working with my university for quite a few years, right? Yes. Can you please share a bit about yourself, especially your journey as a member of American News Media? Yes, well, I'm pleased to do that, Nicolette. Uh, Truth be known, I really wanted to be an author and not a journalist. Uh, I was a little girl who wanted to write books because I loved reading and I loved... um, writing, uh, but a school counselor said, you know, Patty, you're not gonna earn a living doing that. And he suggested that I prepare myself to write for newspapers. The day, that was in the 1970s. Those days, Nicolette, in the United States, you only had three ways to get the news. You had a newspaper, you had a TV set with three stations and you had a radio. And I I was 14, I started working for a weekly newspaper in my hometown in Ohio, Uh, wrote a column about what was happening in my high school. I don't think it was very good, but then I was 16 and I was super excited to get hired by a daily newspaper. Um, It was actually my church pastor. I did an interview with the wife of uh, former USA president, Jimmy Carter. She's still alive. Um, So anyway, I don't want to go on and on. I can tell you about some stories that I broke, if you like. Jim, how yes. about you? You are a journalist and now are custom so fascinated about the whole career combination. Do you mind sharing? Well, thank you. Um, you know, even though I've been a, a pastor for the last dozen years or so, uh, I've been a working journalist, reporter, editor, publishing side executive for nearly 40 years. So I still feel as if I'm a reporter in my bones. Uh, uh, As I went into uh, my education journey, I was uh, editor-in-chief of both my high school and college newspapers. And I moved from reporting into editing. I supervised before I, I moved into the business side and learned all about distribution and advertising sales and production and things like that, uh, managed to uh, collect a national uh, 
award for reporting and uh, I edited a project that was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, my faith journey has always been on the periphery of, of everything that uh, uh, I've done or thought about, beginning with uh, baptism by immersion when I was in high school. I'm sure you know, as a, as, as a journalism uh, student, you know, we operate by five basic principles which is who, what, when, where, why, and, how. And how, yeah, exactly. But the reporter's why led me deeper and deeper into questions of faith. And I found myself when I would go forward for the Eucharist on Sunday, crying at, at the altar. And uh, I uh, went to a, a pastor friend of mine who said, oh, kid, you got it bad. <laughs> and, <laughs> Can't and so I remember as I was still pondering all of this, and in, in, I lived in Colorado and in, in Denver, which is a very large city of a couple okay. million people, but I lived in the mountains and I kept waffling about, do I really want to stay in this business? And uh, this is the literal truth. I was driving over Vail Pass in Colorado at 10,000 feet in a snowstorm I don't find the two careers all that different because what we share in common as a, as a called minister of the gospel and as a reporter with a notebook is the search for the truth. Patty and Jim, um, both of you have talked about journalism back then in the 70s. Right now we're living in the 21st century. Um, wow. I, would, I would like you to, to, to tell to tell me um, what's the difference between journalism then and today? What about today? What's the difference between the journalism that is taking place today and the journalism that was within the 70s? Patty, could you go first? Yes, and I just wanna say, wow, but Jim just said about the why of journalism. I hadn't thought about it that way before. Mm. And I just, um, that's taken me taken me to a different place, but um, I, I wanted to mention, you know, breaking stories. Uh, the why is so incredibly important, and then sometimes you look back uh, as a journalist over your career and you say, you know, how how did I end up writing that story, Nicolette and and Jim? It's about uh, just a neighbor, and I remember a neighbor telling me uh, back in 1978 that um, she said there was a story breaking across the United States about a pastor, um, a false prophet pastor uh, who was in uh, Guyana in South America. And he led a bunch of people there and he got them to drink some poisoned um, uh, liquid telling them that if they drank it, it would come to, they would go to a greater place, place. which wouldn't yeah. be what Jesus would have preached. Uh, it's definitely a false prophecy. And over 900 men, women, children died in that right. one day, in that one day in 1978. So anyway, a neighbor called me and said, hey, did you know that uh, Reverend Jones used to live right next door to you? And so part of that story uh, that I was able to break uh, in the United States was because of a neighbor who had 
you know, a conversation with me right next door. So when you wanted to know uh, what's different, well, you know, years ago in the United States, um, you weren't allowed to buy up a bunch of, of newspapers. Monopolies were not permitted. You couldn't have cross ownership uh, because that was considered an attack on our press freedom. Uh, about the year 2000, the Federal Communications Commission kind of relaxed that ownership. Mm -hmm. And when that happened at the turn of the 21st century, uh, there were some significant changes uh, with how media operated here. Um, as I was thinking about talking to you today, Nicolette, I was thinking there's so much, but first the three things that I think the three changes, uh, especially since the turn of the 21st century is the US regulations about uh, big ownership. Like today, as we're talking right now, 80% of the newspapers in the United States are owned by large media corporations. It means that they define the message. And yeah. in addition to that, you have all these different sources, social media, you know, yeah. video games, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there are fewer newspapers. The second thing I would tell you of the three changes that I've seen is the role of the reporter. I had a choice. I could be a reporter or I could be an editorial writer or I could be an editor. But if I was a reporter and I wanted to express my opinion, uh, I could get fired for that, for the newspapers I worked for. Well, now today reporters are, they write the stories, they express opinions on them, they take uh, photos. Uh, there are fewer professional photographers that work in journalism today. And sometimes as journalists, you're even supposed to take the video. And the last thing I would mention is digital journalism, which by the way, I'm a big fan of digital journalism. Um, the New York Times, I get it every yeah. day, probably um, 10 times a day, I get an uh, alert from the New York Times. And I love <laughs> to read all of those. All kinds of news, yeah. All kinds of news. And then I also get um, digital alerts from um, uh, the Daily Monitor and New Vision in, in Uganda. So sadly, a lot of people, uh, especially people your age, they're yeah. getting the news from Facebook and they're not getting it from from the right sources you should yes, get. Yes, exactly. They're not getting it from journalistically trained people. So I would say uh, those are the three things that I'd say have, have really changed, changed. changed uh, journalism. Today, yeah. Yeah. Um, that has been aside from you, Patty. How about you, Jim? What do you have to say about the difference between journalism back then and journalism currently? Well, uh, first of all, um, I echo a lot of, of what Patty has, uh, has said, but for me, as I look out over the journalistic landscape, I, I think journalism, not only in the United States, but in, in much of the Western world is in a very precarious state of being right now. Uh, sure. The truth is under assault. The prophet Isaiah, uh, from biblical times warned us of the day when good would be called evil and evil would be called, be called good. good. 
we are in that kind of upside down state of being right now. And I attribute a lot of that to the onset of the internet. Uh, while there are a lot of positives about the digital world, um, the practical reality is that it destroyed the economic model, the economic basis for much of print journalism. A friend of mine who, um, who used to work for me, who is now the dean of the journalism school at the uh, University of North Carolina, wrote a book about uh, the, this phenomenon uh, of news deserts, the collapse yeah. of so many newspapers around the country by the scores and hundreds and even into the thousands has led to a lot of pockets where local reporting doesn't really exist anymore. Television stations and radio stations and blogs and that sort of thing don't have the resources to cover or the will to cover what's happening at a local city council the robbery on the street corner, or all those things that affect day-to-day -day living. And, and so when the light, the Washington Post logo that says um, democracy functions best when, when um, light shines in the darkness. In a lot of parts of our country, there is no light shining on the darkness. And that's given rise to this kind of uh, populist movement in the country where which is driven so much by people yeah. feeling ignored and neglected and as if their lives don't matter anymore and the function of local local reporting reporting really exists on two levels at a broad um, worldly perspective a national perspective and at a local what's going on next door perspective and yeah. we are at risk of losing the localness of what we do and what's at the heart of what we do. Um, that doesn't mean that there isn't good journalism being performed. And it's, and I'll speak more about that in a moment, but we've lost, Patty and I both grew up in, in the, the print world, if you will. I'm yeah. a tactile guy. I don't have a newspaper on my doorstep anymore, and I miss holding something in my hand. And... Yeah, because everything has gone digital. <laughs> yeah, and uh, somehow I, when I have a cup of coffee in my computer, I'm nervous about spilling the coffee on my computer. Computer. <laughs> I spilled it on my <laughs> my copy of the Washington Post. I used to read six newspapers a day. Yeah. No, I don't. Um, so. Our world is upside down and we're struggling uh, to turn it right side up. I think there are a lot of hopeful signs that it's beginning to turn, but uh, it, it's, it's not the world that I grew up in. In my country, the press operates a bit differently. I've seen this, it's been going on for a while. For example, we had an, an incident going on with an organization called the Red Pepper. They sort of released information that was taunting the president, our president, and he came out and wasn't happy about it. So he ordered for that, for that newspaper to be shut down. So when they came out, they came out to apologize and were trying to say that they got the sources from Rwanda, and 
when the tabloids went out to actually look for that website from that country that was giving them the information, it never existed. But they were pardoned and they were led to like come back on set and produce all kinds of news that they wanted to. It's not real news. And after people like realizing and maybe digging in more, this is when they start taking the fall, the fall for it. So what, what, what I want to know is, um, Patty told us the theme of your church is um, hope and transformation. Where do you where do you see this hope? How what do you think our country, our media houses, what do they have to go by to get rid of such things? Because I feel like in a way it is affecting everyone. The fact that the 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 news um, media houses think it's okay to just put out any kind of news that affects different people and then come out and take the fall for it after knowing that actually what they did was wrong. Um, I would like you to tell to tell me where do you see hope? Where do I find hope in journalism? Yeah. Well, it's easier for me to talk about it in terms of my own country than listening to your description of what's going on in Uganda, which I suspect is probably more reflective of a lot of pockets of the world. And yeah. uh, in in our country, we sometimes take. Uh, press freedom for for granted and i know that that's that's a, a risky proposition in a lot of parts of the world what i hang my hat hope on is that truth like the love of god is indestructible and the means of producing news has changed and is constantly changing but the desire, I think, in the human spirit for, for knowledge and to seek the truth, uh, yeah. the truth leading to understanding, that, that part is really in, indestructible. Uh, in, in our country, um, the, uh, the post-truth world, if you will, has given yeah. us to a lot of, of experiments where journalism isn't a... Uh, necessarily a commercially based enterprise so much as a public trust and yeah. there, are, there are examples that are emerging in our country of trying to treat um, news organizations more like a public uh, utility rather than a for-profit uh, uh, enterprise and that's given rise to some some interesting new uh, uh, organizations on a national scale. I think we're in the process of, of trying to, to reimagine what it means to seek the truth in the 21st century. And yeah. the old means of providing truth may be changing, but the desire to seek the truth is still there. And, and that's, uh, that's what I uh, hang my hat on. Hati, um, what about you? What do you have to say about hope, where you see hope? You know, Nicolette, um, I, I admittedly, when I'm in Uganda, I, I read Red Pepper for fun, but yeah. only, only for fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is a funny newspaper. I mean, I don't really take it seriously. And mm. I think it's sad um, that when there are fairly credible stories 
in the daily monitor and new vision um, and that some people will just read Red Pepper because they and believe it. Uh, yeah. but, but I will tell you um, in 2013, when I came to Uganda, I was, uh, I was brought on board uh, to analyze the standard, which was your student newspaper. Yeah. And, um, I remember like just a couple weeks before I got there, the Daily Monitor was shut down by your president um, because they were reporting a story about his son and possibly the son, what the son might be doing in his life. And I actually was just shocked because I was pretty naive about how the media works in other countries. At that time, the president shut down the Daily Monitor and actually went in and destroyed their presses. Mm. And, and I was thinking, who does this? How does that happen? Um, but I guess for me, um, when go back to the theme of hope, I think about our country and we do still have um, the First Amendment, pre which includes press freedom. Yeah. Uh, and I am a member of an organization called Reporters Without Borders. Uh, yeah. And they, they provide a press freedom index. Yeah. Uh, our country press freedom index uh, rating is not as high as it used to be. Uh, yeah. Your country press freedom index is very, very low. Sure. Um, you know, but, um, you know, I guess where I find hope is uh, the stories I read every day, uh, especially in the New York Times. Sure. And, and I find hope uh, in this podcast uh, uh -huh. because your voice, uh, and I'm very, very passionate about this, is your voice being heard on a podcast that could go to countries all over the world, an incredible way to, um, to share uh, what, what it's like to be uh, a, a young person pursuing journalism in your yeah. country, you know, and uh, to give you that voice through our, our church podcast, you know, I'm pretty excited about it, this being the first interview. I yeah. find hope in the fact that in spite of the fact that we've had a pandemic and sure. it's been pretty devastating, people's lives have been lost and, and people have lost jobs and, and your education has been on hold. But, but I'm finding hope in the fact that Uganda Christian University is trying to incorporate technology in a country that Nicolette, you know, um, does not support technology the way my country does. It does, yeah. But the fact that the university is recognizing that, that yes, you can carry on, you can learn uh, both in person and through technology is, but the fact that the university is recognizing that, that yes, you can carry on, you can learn uh, both in person and through technology is pretty important. So, um, so all that circling around, I guess uh, I'm finding hope in you. I'm really so grateful that you have given me this opportunity to share with you, um, to, to listen and learn from you. And I hope that after this interview, I get to share whatever I've, got to, I've gotten from this interview with my colleagues. Thank you for <laughs> 
Yes, thank you. Thank you, Nicolette. We look forward to more interviews that you're going to be doing over the next six months. This has been Nicolette Nampija, a student in journalism at Chiganda Christian University in Mukono. My conversation today has been with American journalists Patty Houston Holm and Reverend Jim Nolan. If you have a comment about this podcast or an idea for a future podcast on a story of transformation, send an email to hoptalks at davidschurch.network. Otherwise, be blessed and I hope to hear from you again. Thank you for listening to this segment of Hope Talks. I hope you join us again. And please encourage others to listen and check out other David's United Church of Christ programs at davidsucc.net. It is our hope that your day is filled with hope. Thank you.